This is the ADHD Fix: How to Achieve Your Potential, the podcast to help you use 15 proven strategies to discover the many gifts of ADHD. I'm Henry J. Svek, and for over 30 years, I helped others diagnose and treat ADHD. Now retired, I turn my attention back to those 15 strategies I use to help achieve my potential with ADHD. Learning what I did to help myself will help you achieve your success. ADHD is a gift. Let's get started. Welcome to today's podcast, Building Social and Emotional Intelligence. I think of all the podcasts I'm doing for this series and also any skill you can teach yourself or someone with ADHD. This has to be one of the most important that will help decide whether or not you'll be successful. Building social and emotional intelligence. So let me just summarize it as I see this concept. It is a very strategic way to interact with others to demonstrate levels of social and emotional uh, commitment to get the outcome you want, the best outcome in a certain situation. It requires and it it means you have to have your emotions in check. And in the book The ADHD Fix, I talk about an example of going to the produce um <laughs> yards on Fort Street in Detroit as as part of my way to work my way through school at Michigan State I would go in the summer with a beat up van buy produce bring it across the border uh and sell it over here at a profit and I remember the first time I was over there and I had seen this in my life growing up in produce where people would say things like you know your your fruit sucks and your you know this isn't right and all that to try to get a better price but I actually saw physical not fights but people throwing out you know just just throwing grapes around and kicking buckets and stuff and I'm thinking boy this is but then again as soon as the deal was struck they'd shake hands laugh share a coffee and be over so it was kind of a a dance they did in that environment which was quite aggressive I thought to get the best price they could so in that situation in that climate if you will in that structure being assertive or what I call instrumentally aggressive helped get the best outcome but it was always while under control from an outsider's point you look at that and say boy that person's angry or that person not true so let's take a step back for a minute um we have to put it in context because when the book was written Josh and I wrote the book we didn't quite have the sense as we do today of this um you know correctness this was about 12 years ago 13 years ago depending on when you're listening to this but it's been 12 years since as I record this and we didn't quite have that sense of what I call the Kleenex society where people are are whining and crying and and if you even become assertive you're considered aggressive you're considered abusive by raising your voice or by being assertive standing up for what you believe in so we have to temper what I'm about to talk about with that climate that you may be living in because it seems today that anything above a non-assertive approach um will result in difficulty yet to be truly um expanding on your social emotional intelligence quotient 
you need to have the ability to access the three different areas when we talk about non-assertive, assertive, and beneficial aggressive behavior. And I have what, what you'll find over time, first of all, with ADHD, it's difficult to establish um, the separation from emotions at times from the injustice of what you're feeling. So you want to be assertive or aggressive when, in fact, that may not be the right outcome or there might, uh, it's not like the produce uh, docks in, on Fort Street. It's not going to get you the best outcome. So that should be the first thing you think about whenever you're interacting. And when you're teaching children, you want to talk about the outcome. And I also learned a great deal about this when I was working with um, my first job, working with students who had been expelled or suspended from school because of violence or non-attendance. Learned very quickly that the gatekeepers of most high schools are the vice principals. They're, they're the ones who have to deal with truancy and, you know, there's a problem, they have to go down. Now, the principals also deal with it, but primarily in the bigger high schools, when I was in that world, it was the vice principals. So it became very clear that we need to, to, to bring the students back to school. So they would spend some time in my program, and then we try to get them back to a high school. And everybody knew why they had been kicked out. They, they knew the history. We had to get to the vice principal, and we had to reinforce the vice principal. We had to get the vice principal to see the new student, understand the story, understand that there would be some supportive advocacy backup. We're going to talk about advocacy in future podcasts. So that the vice principal could then see the student in, in, in an in a honest and clear light when it came to future difficulties which may occur. One classic example, we had a young man who was um, extremely motivated, uh, worked a late night shift at a fast food restaurant so he could support himself living alone as a 17-year-old in an apartment so he could go to high school and finish his uh, final year of high school. On occasion, he would work until 3 or 4 in the morning, and a couple times he came late to school. Immediate response by the school was to suspend him. So using the socially emotional intelligence model, we realized that the important, rather than you know, kicking up a fuss and you know, appealing suspensions and all that kind of stuff, we just said, look, can we just have a meeting uh, to tell you a little bit about what's going on? So we had a meeting with the vice principal. We bring coffee. I bring donuts. We sit and talk. We explain the story. And the, and the vice principal is almost in tears given the fact the true story of this student who was working you know, 10, 12, 14-hour days to be able to go to high school and finish their degree without any parental support or encouragement. Now think about that for a minute. I would love to hire that person if, if when they graduate high school, college, university, whatever. Can you imagine the work ethic, the determination of that student? And when the vice principal heard that story, they were, they were all good with understanding that, yeah, you have to come on time, but let's work together and figure this out. So non-assertive are strategies that, um, that you'll use that will um, generally you read a situation and you, you apply the strategy that best fits the outcome you want. And I think the, the most important thing with this section of the ADHD fix in that chapter of the book, as well as this podcast, is work on your emotional control. You have to be able to gather your wits about you. And it can be a, a couple of strategies today. One is, you know, wait 24 hours to send an email if you're an adult diagnosed with ADHD and you feel that emotion. The first thing you have to identify when that emotion wells up, and we all do. The problem is sometimes it's a good feeling. 
you're just dealing with someone who's really dumb or an idiot in administration or power and of course the first response might be to fight back and as we've learned there's a way to do that and, and it's always within keeping obviously of of the social rules and the laws of that environment so that you're within those rules but today speaking up can be interpreted as being aggressive even when it is not and that's something you need to be mindful of so with adhd we often talk about it takes a while to develop emotional control and it has to be purposeful people who have do not have adhd often they can interact with others and they're it's like their thermostats are always in tune with what's happening. It's kind of weird when you watch it. You think, how does this person do this? And they're always in touch with, with the environment. And that's a highly emotionally intelligent person who's able to gear it down, gear it up as needed, and adjust to get the outcome that they want. If you're, I'll give you another quick example. We've all been on, uh, on hold forever trying to get something solved. It could be as simple as a a bill, a hydro bill, credit card bill, you're trying to get your internet service changed, something. And I'm amazed at how things change when, when you finally get, you know, you put it on hold on speakerphone, you're working away. So finally they come on and you say, uh, hi, I'm Joe, you know, blah, blah, blah. How can I help you? And you say, oh, Joe, I want to thank you for taking my call today. Now, of the thousands of calls this person's going to do this week or this month, how many people are going to say, even though you've been on hold for 20 minutes, could be an hour, thank you, Joe, for... Now, deep down, you're not thankful. Sorry, doesn't sound genuine, but you're really not thankful. Well, you kind of are that he took your call, but you're kind of saying, it really takes like 50 minutes to answer the phone. Come on. And you know it's not this person's fault. It's about resources, the systems... And, and so on. So, But my point is, by doing that, it's a strategic move which demonstrates your level of emotional intelligence, which is your goal is to get the thing solved quickly as possible and so that you can get on with your day or get the service or the product that you want. So the best way I can summarize building strong social-emotional intelligence is to have the skills and the abilities to be able to apply social and emotionally in any discussion with another person to get the outcome that's beneficial. Um, it, it's very individual as far as how you build on this. Some children and adults have gaps in emotional regulation, knowledge. Sometimes you have to teach the strategies. I know when I taught my students, um, as street folks, on how to interact with vice principals, they all could do it successfully. How to reinforce teachers. I could teach that in like an hour. The question is, are you willing and able to apply that strategy? And, and, and that's, I know teachers used to get upset. I used to actually teach the teachers and tell them how they're easily influenced by this. You can tell someone, I'm giving you this donut because I, instead of a C, I want a B. And you just give them donuts every, every week. They'll give you a B. Even when they know why you're doing it. There's something about that psychologically. Now, that may sound unfair to you, but think of young people who are brought up in different environments where that is part of the family culture. They're taught how to do that, how to be kind and pleasant and interact with people and look them in the eye and shake their hand and all those skills we used to take for granted that, frankly, now are leaving us. So not just ADHD children, probably most children need to work on their social-emotional intelligence because you don't need a lot of it when you're interacting with a iPhone or a some type of uh, PlayStation. So ADHD children and adults who work on this will be especially 
advantaged over other children because it's not happening happening today in a, a regular way. So again, I'm Dr. Henry Sveck for the ADHD Fix. Look forward to speaking with you again next time. Have a great one. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Assessing ADHD requires more than a five-minute office visit. The experienced, multidisciplinary team at OSR Clinics will walk with you and your family through the comprehensive assessment and diagnosis process and will be by your side when it comes to implementation of strategies and advocacy for your child. Visit osrclinics.com to book your free info session today. That's osrclinics.com.